Hello, Horror Nights In podcast family, and welcome to the Horror Nights In podcast. My name is Crystal, and I'm the host of this podcast where I talk about horror movies, the good, the bad, the old, and the new. I upload a new episode of this podcast every single Monday, and we are going back to the basics, reviewing horror movies, because that is what started this whole thing, and that is what makes me the happiest. So let's get into the episode. Okay, so first and foremost, thank you all for the listens on my October episodes. It was a lot of work and time, but I really enjoyed revisiting those iconic films. And if you missed them, I covered Halloween, Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I also had a little series called Whisper Down the Alley where I wrote and recorded some spooky stories. So all those episodes are still up and ready to be listened to if you guys want to go check them out. I also wanted to say I'm so happy and thrilled to be podcasting again. It's actually what started this entire Horror Nights in brand and some of my newer listeners may not know that before my YouTube channel, it was just me with a cheap microphone and my laptop just talking about my favorite horror movies. I mean... It still sort of is just that, but we've definitely upgraded just a little bit. And of course, the brand has evolved to what it is now, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger every day, which is really neat to see. And of course, none of this would be possible if it wasn't for you guys listening, hitting the play button, whether it's on this episode, you know, or one of my YouTube videos. So just thank you for continuing to be here with me on this journey. Okay, so let's continue this journey together and talk about the 2021 film Till Death starring the stunning and gorgeous Megan Fox. If you follow me on my socials, you probably already know what a huge stan I am of Miss Fox. Jennifer's Body is one of my favorite horror films of all time. So when it was announced that she was going to be in a new film, I knew I had to cover it on the podcast. Also, there will be tons of spoilers. So if you haven't checked this film out yet, pause here, go watch it on Netflix and come back because I don't want to ruin it for anyone. So a quick synopsis of the film is a woman is left handcuffed to her dead husband as part of a sick revenge plot. Unable to unshackle, she has to survive as two killers arrive to finish her off. And has a running time of one hour and 30 minutes. And because this is not TMZ or a celebrity gossip podcast, I literally don't care about anything she does in her personal life. I know she's having her moment in the spotlight and I'm here for it because she is one of my favorite people. But my friends, we will be talking about the film and my thoughts and opinions on it. What Miss Fox chooses to do in her spare time is her choice. As long as she isn't hurting anyone, it's fine. So the film begins with Emma Webster, who is played by Fox as she is entwined in an affair with a man who is not her husband. His name is Tom and they are meeting in a hotel room and we aren't sure how the two know each other yet and we can tell Emma is unraveling about the affair and she pretty much ends it. 
We also learn the following day is her anniversary with her husband, Mark, who is a defense attorney at a private firm in New York City. We also start to get a glimpse into Emma's past. She was part of an attempted robbery and was injured, but was also able to strike the robber in the right eye, leaving him with a scar and blinding him, I believe. I could be wrong about that. We also meet her husband, Mark, and he is a little bit controlling, abusive, and kind of a dick. We also learn that Tom, the guy she's having an affair with, is actually an associate of her husband's, and the two apparently met a year prior at a Christmas party. So at this point, I have a feeling that Mark knows the two are having an affair. Dun dun dun. So we find out that Emma and Mark are celebrating their 11th anniversary, and Mark surprises Emma with an ugly ass necklace because apparently 11 years means steel. So he got her this really ugly steel necklace. I actually never knew that each year that a couple is married, the year signifies a thing. I think for like the first one is like paper, wood. I don't know, don't ask me. Not married, don't plan to ever get married. So I for one wouldn't know this because <laughs> I'm an isolated lady who likes to hang out with her cat. So <laughs> that comfort, but that conversation is for my therapist, not for you guys. Anyways, Mark continues to make Emma feel worthless so I can foresee that I will not miss this dude when he is dead. He also calls her pumpkin, which is strange because my dad calls me that. <laughs> so in addition to the ugly ass necklace, Mark decides to surprise his wife and blindfold her and bring her to their lake house, which is in the middle of nowhere. Once inside, Mark has candles and rose petals throughout the house. And I also wanna mention, that it is in the dead of winter. So Emma makes her way around the house alone and finds notes from Mark and also some old photos of them, like their wedding pictures. Mark then meets her in their bedroom upstairs and Mark confides in her that he hasn't been the best husband. And it seems that the trauma from the robbery has also changed Emma and her husband has pretty much been MIA. The next morning, Emma wakes up and finds herself handcuffed to her husband, but then shortly after she wakes up, he decides to blow his head off in front of her. When I tell you, I yelled, what the fuck, so loud. <laughs> so here now we have Emma completely covered in blood, having no idea what just happened, and she tries to call 911, but the phones are down and she can't do that. She also tries to use the gun to fire off the handcuffs, but there's only one bullet in the chamber. And well, Mark used that for his head. So now we watch as Emma drags her dead husband around their lake house. She is also discovering strange things as she's venturing around, like the door is open, her wedding dress was hanging in the closet with no other clothes, her cell phone was dumped into a vase of flowers and there's like nothing in the kitchen drawers, but she was able to find the car keys. But then when she finally gets to the car, it's been siphoned of the gas. We also learn of a safe that is locked that's also in the closet, which I have to assume has like lots of treasures inside. 
She also has this makeshift outfit on consisting of her husband's bloody shirt, his pants, and parts of her wedding dress is cut up and she's basically put them like around her feet to protect her feet from the snow. I should also mention that the car that she had to drag her, that she, the car was in the garage. She had to drag her husband across the front yard to get to. Uh, there's also a scene where Emma tries to rip the necklace off, but can't because she only has her one free hand. So now we have our lead character sitting in the car with her dead husband next to her with no gas, but the battery is nice and fresh as we hear Mark's voice coming through the stereos. So it's basically a mixtape of degrading her a little bit more. We also get some insight that Mark is a psychopath who blew his head off to make her suffer because he did indeed know about her affair with Tom. We also see that he has really just set her up for disaster. He has basically taken anything useful to cut the handcuffs off out of the house. There's no tools, knives, bullets, nothing. There is also the knowledge that Mark was most likely cheating on Emma too. Mark has also replaced their photos now with photos of Emma and Tom together, which is what I thought it was for the first time around, honestly. He also added photos from her crime scene from when she was robbed. Like, really? You're really that mad, bro? Like, this man is so twisted that he would do this to her. She then finds the recording of her testimony the night she was attacked because at that time, Mark was the assistant district attorney. So I mean, this man is really just trying to destroy her mentally before whatever else happens next. So while dragging around her dead husband, Tom shows up because of a message that Emma supposedly sent, but we all know it was Mark and his part of the game. My prediction in that moment was that this was a whole setup and Tom was about to meet his end soon enough. We also learn from Tom that Mark was a shitty lawyer as he was a human being because apparently the DA's office raided their offices and found evidence that Mark was tampering with evidence in multiple cases. Emma and Tom are now going back and forth on what to do and dun dun dun. Another car is coming their way down the long driveway and out pops a dude who says he's there to fix the burst pipe but Tom knows better and basically tells the man to leave but oh no. Another man gets out of the vehicle and down goes Tom at the hand of a butcher knife. Yes, Michael Myers has come home. Just kidding. But it is the man who attacked Emma, which was playing in my thoughts since Mark, aka douchebag dead husband, played it up this whole time. So now we have Bobby and Jimmy. Bobby was the one who attacked Emma that night. They're the two bad guys, they're inside the house, and poor Jimmy is just shook over the whole thing. Bobby was the man who attacked her the first time, and Jimmy is Bobby's little brother. A little family business in the making. Who knows, but let's continue. So at this point, Emma is not found. And now she is dragging her dead hubby outside into some kind of like shed. And in that shed is the boat that they have. And because it's a boat, it has an anchor. And she takes the anchor and severs 
her husband's hand. <laughs> so now she's free. So because of all the banging with the anchor to get the hand off of her husband, <laughs> uh, Emma is now hiding as the other two have a conversation and we learn about the safe I mentioned earlier and these two want to get into it. And of course, dead lawyer Mark hired them to do all of this. Surprise, surprise. Oh, and apparently Mark and Emma are the only ones who know how to get into the combination because they know the combination to get into this safe. This film also, guys, I'm going to tell you, it made me put my heat on because I was just so cold watching it. So as Emma is trying to be misresourceful, she finds a few things to her advantage inside this boat launch, which um, she, she finds a thing of gas and is now trying to get it to the car. All the while, the two dudes are just walking around the house being criminals. Also, the gruesome twosome believe that there are diamonds in the safe and apparently it needs... It needs the combination that only Mark and Emma know, and it also needs a fingerprint. So Emma now has made it back to the car with the gas, but of course she is heard, Bobby hears her, and I gotta say Emma is pretty stealth considering she still hasn't been spotted. At one point she just like lays down in the grass to conceal herself, or she lays down in the snow to conceal herself and no one really saw her so the tension is definitely building as they almost find her but thankfully emma still has the keys and she hits the panic button on the car and the two idiots run out to see what happened <laughs> emma had a little moment with dead tom and now i feel the very like good for her moment coming on anyways back with the two losers we learn that Bobby was actually sentenced to 10 years in jail for attacking Emma and he gives some sort and he gives us some lame sob story about how they lost their house and blah, 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 blah. So essentially he's blaming Emma for his actions. Oh, jeez, like, come on, like stop being a bitch and stop blaming somebody else. But it does the trick and Jimmy is back in the game because up until this point, Yes, Jimmy is his brother, but Bobby didn't really tell his brother all the details about all of this. Jimmy thought it was just me like a quick little in and out robbery, 20 minutes tops kind of thing. He didn't think that anybody was going to get hurt. But alas, somebody got hurt. Tom is dead. <laughs> and Jimmy is just trying to convince his brother to not kill this woman. The cats and mouse game continues with a little over 20 minutes left in this film. I am just so ready to see these two just go down. Maybe not so much Jimmy, but definitely Bobby. Emma is able to lure Bobby into the attic and pops him right in the head with a golf club and he goes crashing down onto the floor below. And little brother Jimmy then goes to his brother's aid, but Emma is like, no way brah, and pops him in the head too and traps him in a bedroom. And then she grabs the car keys from Bobby's jacket. And she's also continuing to be a resourceful ass bitch. And she hits the doorknob off of the room that Jimmy is now trapped in. But just as she is about to get away, Bobby smashes the window and pulls her out. But she did manage to call the police. Jimmy is now breaking. Oh, she calls the police from Bobby's phone. And so now Jimmy is breaking and he wants to leave but Bobby's like no we're gonna finish the job I'm gonna kill her and get my diamonds so now we have our characters back in the bedroom and Emma is once again like handcuffed to her dead husband because I guess Jimmy and Bobby brought some handcuffs with them <laughs> oh and also the combination we find out to the safe with the treasures inside 
is the day that Mark proposed to Emma. Like, how fucked up is all of that? So then Bobby decides he wants to cut off Emma's toes, which is really strange. Um, But Jimmy finds the gun from earlier and points it at his brother. But as I mentioned, we already know that it has no bullets. So they decide to negotiate a deal with Emma. And basically the deal is that they get out of the handcuffs. She will give them the combination. And she also negotiates that she has to be left alive. Bobby then uses the dead husband's thumb and the date to unlock the safe. But inside... There are no diamonds. It's actually a little saw that basically says the diamonds are in that ugly ass necklace that Emma still has stuck around her neck. And that handy little saw is basically to cut her head off. Yeah. Okay, so now that there's some like back and forth between the three and Bobby tries to shoot Emma, but of course we all know there ain't no bullets in that gun. And Jimmy then comes to the rescue for Emma, but... Then Bobby, so now Bobby and Jimmy are just going back and forth. And Jimmy ends up with a wall hook to the back of his head after his dear brother pushes him into it. So now poor Jimmy, he tried to save Emma like four times so far. And once again, Bobby decides to blame Emma for his mistake. Basically like, look what you made me do to my brother. Like, I, I, it's fucking annoying. So now we finally have the ultimate match, the final match between Emma and Bobby And they each get some hits on each other. Emma does get stabbed in the leg, but she does pop him in the head again. And in in like the scruffle between them, she's able to handcuff Bobby now to the dead mark. So, ah, how the tables have turned in this film. Emma then makes her way back to the garage and is able to get the car started now with the gas. But there's two cars behind her now because all the attendees to this murder party And it gets a little messy when Emma actually runs Bobby over with the car, but then she slides on the icy lake and she crashes into the boat launch. Emma is now desperately trying to make her way across the icy lake with Bobby and (laughs) Mark, who is still attached to Bobby behind her. Now remember, this is a lake and we can hear the ice crunching under them. The ice does, of course, crack, and dead Mark falls in, dragging Bobby, but of course, Bobby drags Emma by the neck down with him, but Emma is able to stab him with his own knife in his other eye. Emma struggles back to the surface of the frozen lake as we hear sirens in the distance, and we get this very cinematic moment of her taking off her ring, and it rolls into the lake. And the film ends with the credits and along with that is what I can only really describe as like illustrated pictures of the film. It reminded me sort of like the storyboard that was created and it told the whole film. It kind of reminded me of those like things you see on Twitter where it's like um, a film with like no spoilers, just pictures kind of thing or like a film with just pictures. That's sort of what it reminded me of. All right, so thoughts and opinions time. I really did enjoy this film a lot. I thought it was tense in the right moments. It definitely told the story well, and there wasn't a time when I was confused and it kept me intrigued as it played out. The atmosphere of the film was also great because there is nothing quite like a lake house in the middle of winter, in the middle of nowhere. It's just so creepy. And as I said, I was cold watching it that I had to put my heat on. 
Um, <laughs> so the film is actually shot in Bulgaria and the snow that we see in the film was fake and made from paper and the entire set actually takes place in a studio. I will say I did predict the death of Bobby because there is a premonition in the middle of the film. Jimmy warns his brother of thin ice, like don't fall in, it might be thin ice. So that was telling of how he would meet his demise. And also I kind of knew that Jimmy was gonna die because he was the one who like didn't want anyone to get hurt, didn't want anyone to die. He was trying to protect Emma and you know, you know, the guy, guys like that always just have to die, unfortunately, you know? And, <laughs> okay, wow, does this film give new meaning to the term ball and chain? Dead hubby definitely represents that in this film for sure. Also, speaking of Mark, can we just say how much time and effort he put in this huge elaborate plan just to get back at his wife? We can assume that he probably knew of the affair for a long time. And instead of just like divorcing his wife, he decided to torture her. And as I'm like saying this to you guys now, I am sure Mark also knew that he was being investigated like for his own crimes as a lawyer. So he decided the best way to handle it all and also to like get back his wife at the same time as just like kill himself. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, two birds, one stone, am I right? So the first thing he had to do was to get that ugly ass necklace made and then use their wedding anniversary as a ploy to get her to the lake house. He also had to contact Bobby and tell him where they would be and that there was a reward for him. Oh, and he also had to get the saw inside the safe engraved. Like imagine the person who did the engraving, like shouldn't there be an alert the authority if necessary button? and. How messed up in the head do you need to be to go through all of this trouble just to make your wife suffer? He has some serious issues with women and authority because he definitely cheated on her too. I mean, I don't know. I just, I hated the character of Mark, but obviously that was the intention of the director and the filmmakers. So uh, I also really enjoyed the way the film was shot. There were certain highlights on things like light highlights on things. On, like on the actors' faces that were really helpful to add intensity to that scene and to the film. And I was also watching the film with like my Beats headphones in. That's not a flex, I'm just saying. Like when you use these headphones, it just intensifies everything because they're noise canceling. So when things would like thump, it would just make it so much louder. And you could tell that obviously the noise was added in post-production, but I thought it was a really neat touch. And I also liked how in some scenes, like in the elevator, so Emma is standing behind her husband and her lover, so behind Mark and Tom, and the camera angles are just so cool and it adds so much to the scene. There are also a few like overhead shots that were played in the trailer that were cool to watch, like when Emma is laying on the top of the basement stairs with her dead husband still connected to her arm. And there's also the same shot that was done at the end too when she's laying on the ice after she stabs Bobby in the eye under the water. So I really liked that. So I wanna talk about Megan Fox as an actress. I'm not sure what kind of a direction she was given when she played this part, but when she met with the killers, like when she was talking to them, she seemed a little bored and almost a little bit too monotone, but okay. Guys, 
just listen. I believe this was her reaction to the violence due to her, her past. I do believe she was experiencing some PTSD and she probably never really sought therapy for it. So when she is met once again with violence, I believe that she sort of shuts down, which is why in that moment she seemed kind of bored and like out of it. I would have liked to see her maybe be a little bit more warm, no pun intended, because even though we, we can understand why she hated her husband. I mean, I fucking hate her husband. <laughs> she was still married to him for 11 years. And I have to assume that the entire 11 years that they were together, that had to have meant something to her. So I wish we had seen a moment where she was just like a tiny bit sad for him, a tiny bit sad that her husband is dead, but this could also just be, um, you know, brought back to the PTSD I mentioned. Also, another thing I wanted to note is that throughout the whole film, she looked, Okay, she looked in almost perfect hair and makeup, even after she like washed her face, after she literally washed like brains and guts and blood off of her face, it looked like she still had a full face of makeup on. Now, yes, Megan Fox is gorgeous, but it would have been nice to see her maybe like a little ruffles, a little messy, a little dirty. In the scene where she is once again handcuffed to her husband, like towards the end of the film, her hair looks perfect. And the thing is, she's been in and out of this house all day, guys. Like she's back and forth. She's laying in the snow. She's laying in, in ice. And you have to assume that her hair is gonna get gross. I mean, I have long hair. And I remember when I was little, when I would go out in the snow and some of my hair would be out, my hair would be disgusting, gross, and matted by the time that I got back inside. So you can't tell me that she looked perfect the whole time. So I just wish that they would have just like roughed her up a little, you know, so her hair shouldn't look that nice. But I will say she was able to keep my attention because it was mostly her alone for the duration of the first half of the film when she was handcuffed to her dead, you know, to her dead husband. And I wasn't bored watching her drag his body all over the house inside, outside. I really think that Megan Fox is definitely made for horror films and she really does do a great job in them. She really showcased what she can do in this kind of film and what she can do as an actress. And as I was doing my research, I did read that some viewers were annoyed that she didn't use something in the house to cut off her hubby's hand. I mean, I kind of have to agree, but it would have been cool to see her try to like use something in the house the husband didn't take, like a broken vase or a picture frame to like hack his hand off, but like fail, you know? You know what I'm talking about? She was she was very innovative when it comes to the way, you know, when it came to the way that she got away from the intruders, like tricking Bobby in the attic and pushing him through the ceiling and then, you know, kicking off the 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 door handle where Jimmy was trapped in. So there were definitely some moments that I wish that I had seen. I wish that she had maybe mourned the death of her husband, even though she fucking hated him. I get it. I don't like him either, but it would have been it would have made her character just a little bit softer. She did mourn Tom for a second, but it was very fleeting. And it was almost misplaced because the killers or the criminals were outside. Jimmy wasn't a killer. Bobby was. Um, they were outside and they were like running around trying to find her. And she's having this moment. And Tom's body is pretty much right by the front door. So she has this, like I said, it was very misplaced to have a moment like that. Um, and then of course I also would have liked to have seen her try to use something that Mark didn't take and try to hack his hand off. I think that would have added just a little bit more to the film. It would have added a couple more scenes. It would have given her, it would have rounded out her character just a lot better. 
So I have to agree with that. So overall, the, the film was fairly, it was done well. It was a fairly well done structured thriller. It wasn't too over the top. It wasn't trying too hard. And it did have a lower budget and it was done by a newer director and a newer screenwriter. And I think that they did a great job. You know, a lot of the world has their eyes on Megan Fox right now. And at this point, I think she can pick and choose the film that she wants to do. And I think it's cool to see her go in with more of these like indie films versus like a higher budget film. And I have to assume that she's been offered films, you know, especially right now. But she really does whatever she wants. And I think that's really cool. So I know that I've spoiled this whole movie. And I have to assume if you made it all the way up until this point, you have seen the film. Let me know in the comments uh, wherever you're listening to this. I know that you can put comments in um, SoundCloud, but I don't know how much about iTunes, but you know, just leave me a review or a comment or whatever. Just do whatever you want. I want to know if you like this film. I want to know if you've seen it. I want to know what your thoughts on it because yes, I do love Megan Fox, but at the same time, I like to review horror movies as they are and I just, I think it was a pretty good film. I really didn't, my expectations were not high. I really didn't talk to a lot of people that have seen it. Um, I really didn't see it buzzing around Twitter or anything. Definitely not like Jennifer's body. Um, but I wanted to watch the film. I wanted to review it. I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to give you guys my thoughts and opinions on it. And there it is. So I want to know what you think too. Because this is a one-sided conversation all the time. <laughs> so yeah, guys. Yes, Horror Nice and Family. Let me know what you thought about Till Death. I don't know what that was. <laughs>